0: The COVID-19 pandemic forced our country to undergo community lockdowns and quarantine restrictions in order to control the virus. Hence, this gives limit to the mobility throughout the Philippines. And because of this limit of social mobility, it created several barriers for the access of the community to HIV prevention, testing, and treatment services. These are difficult times for all of us and what more for those vulnerable people living with HIV. Last December 2021 was the HIV-AIDS Awareness Month and this reminds everyone about the importance of getting tested to raise awareness around HIV-AIDS and celebrate small wins such as having access to treatment and prevention services despite the pandemic. What brings you in today is produced by the Association of Philippine Medical Colleges Student Network Visayas Regional Health Policy Committee in partnership with Southwestern University FINMA College of Medicine Medicine Student Council. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect APMCSN Visayas and the participating medical school.
1: Okay. Good day, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Tell Me About It. It's a health policy podcast presented by the APMC Student Network, Desaias Health Policy Committee. I am your host, Girlie Lothario, a third-year student from Southwestern University, Finma School of Medicine. And allow me to introduce my co-host, Mr. Joe Anthony Anson.
2: Hello, girly. Hello, everyone. It's nice to be here and part of this program.
1: Okay, so hi, Joe. Happy New Year. I heard that you went home during the holidays. How was it?
2: Yeah, I went home. So I did a little bit of soul searching and internal digging. And by soul searching, I mean several episodes of The Witcher and Emily and Paris in Netflix. And by internal digging, I mean digging for food in the fridge to stuff my face with. So obviously, I gained some weight, but because of the holidays, um, so no one's going to say that they're being healthy during the Christmas season. So how about you, girly? I also know that you went back to Nagra. So how's life? Tell me, how's your family? I haven't seen you in a while.
1: I've been good, busier than ever. By busy, I mean on Netflix as well, and eating all the food I can eat that's from my hometown as much as I can because again I'm back in Cebu, and we'll be back to reality soon, as you heard that classes will be resuming next week.
3: Yes. Yes. How are you
1: feeling about the uh, classes resuming soon? Well, I'll
2: I'll be lying if I say that I'm going to be excited, but we have no choice. Uh, So I think that this is going to be a fresh start for everyone, especially for those who are in the virtual learning setup.
1: Exactly. We'll still be online on Zoom, meeting each other there. I mean, here, as we are doing now on Zoom. Okay, so I'm very much excited and happy that you're joining me today, Joe, Because today, our podcast will be about HIV AIDS. So the topic will be revolving around that. We'll be talking about community-based treatment approaches, innovations in prevention, testing and treatment. And lastly, we'll be talking about innovations in HIV service delivery during the pandemic here in the Philippines. So as yeah, you have anything to say? Well, this is a very interesting topic, girl, as
2: Miss University Pia back said in her winning answer, "We have to have awareness to causes such as HIV, which is timely and relevant in the Philippines." Few crowns later, and a few years after her reign, HIV awareness is
1: still timely and is uh, still relevant. Do you agree? I surely agree with that. what Miss Universe Pia has said. That's very good that you actually mentioned her. It lighten ups, lightens up the mood. So, as medical students, we already are knowledgeable about HIV, right? As we should. So, Joe, a little recap. Um, what can you say about HIV-AIDS? Explain your answer, not less than three sentences in the box provided.
2: <laughs> Wait, graded na to. <laughs> well if i do recall hiv is a virus that can lead to immune system deterioration so the term hiv stands for human immunodeficiency virus while hiv is a virus that may cause an infection aids which is in short for acquired immunodeficiency syndrome is a condition contracting hiv could lead to the development of aids so aids or stage 3 hiv Develops when HIV has caused serious damage to the immune system. So it is a complex condition with symptoms that vary from person to person. So, hindi naman, obvious na Google, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, Google chart. Anyway, so that was more than three sentences after the doctor's score. Okay, so however, I wonder though how people living with HIV got tested, how they got diagnosed, and how are they being treated um especially now during the pandemic
2: true girly that's why we are having this podcast to learn more about hiv aids but enough about our googled answers we actually have two knowledgeable speakers with us today to share some insights and shed some light on this topic
1: okay so let's quit beating around the bush and introduce our two guest speakers for today's podcast our first guest hails from Binay, Negros Oriental. He moved to Manila in 2008 to complete his bachelor's in international relations from Lyceum of the Philippines University, Manila. Since graduating in 2012, he has pursued a career in the, develop- in the development sector, working with community-based to multinational nonprofit organizations, organizations in the fields of sexual and reproductive health, including electronic health, Family Planning and Maternal Child Health, Adolescent Health and HIV-AIDS, and in projects supported by the World Health Organization, US Agency for International Development, and various UN bodies. He started out as a testing client of Love Yourself back in 2015 at the Tango Community Center in Mandaluyong. Amazed at the center's ambience and relishing the openness and safe space he found there, he began volunteering for the organization in 2017 as an HIV counselor prep peer coach and as part of its community relations and m and teams. Now he works there full-time as program manager for the Global Fund Sustainability of HIV Services for Key Populations in Asia, multi-country programs, which is implemented in the Philippines by Love Yourself. So let us all give a warm welcome to Sir John Oliver or J-O-CORSIEGA hi sir good evening and good day good evening
4: Welcome. My in and thank you for having me
1: hello sir. You, sir
2: okay now let me introduce to you our next guest speaker he is a graduate of bs psychology back in 2012 from up dalaman and medicine back in 2018 from up manila He is an HIV primary care physician and researcher at Love Yourself Incorporated since 2018. He has done various research on community-based HIV treatment and care, interventions for key populations, HIV self-testing, and transgender health, among others. He was also a consultant for HIV, viral hepatitis, and sexual transmitted infections at World Health Organization, country office in the Philippines since 2020, and have worked with them until the end of 2021. From 2019 to 2020, he was a fellow of the David Cooper HIV AIDS Research Training Program at the University of New South Wales in Australia, and is currently taking his Master of Public Health from the Imperial College in London. Let us all welcome Dr. Patrick Estacchio. Hi,
5: everyone. evening,
2: Thank you so much, Sergey and Doc Patrick, for indulging us with your time. Our colleagues actually prepared some questions with regards to our objective topics that were mentioned by Gurley a while ago. But before proceeding to those topics, a little bit chat So we have learned that Sergey is actually a co-author of a study entitled "The Use of Community Based Approach and Telemedicine as an Alternative Option in providing HIV pre-exposure prophylaxis in the Philippines. Now can you share something about this, sir?
4: Yeah, so um, I, I think uh, Dr. Patrick was also involved there because uh, love yourself uh, as one of the you know pioneering uh, HIV serving organizations in the Philippines, we were the first to introduce uh, pre-exposure prophylaxis in the country. So that's PrEP uh, as a way to protect uh, individuals against HIV. And um, one of the innovations that we were able to adapt from other countries when we first introduced PrEP was to uh, also set up uh, one other way, one innovative way of offering and providing prep services, which is through telemedicine. So um, we partnered with uh, uh, High Precision. So it's a group of uh, diagnostic uh, yeah services company uh, where any individual from anywhere in the Philippines who has a high precision uh, branch near him or her uh, can have his or her tests taken there. And the tests will be provided directly to the uh, physician from Love Yourself. And the teleconsult can be done purely online to determine whether an individual is fit for taking PrEP. um, And if he or she meets the criteria, and I think Doc Pat can uh, talk more about that later. And once he or she uh, completes that uh, assessment portion, then, Uh, Love Yourself can just facilitate, you know, uh, providing the prep commodities bottles uh, by courier. So um, this is especially, you know, relevant now with the pandemic because with people not able to, you know, come visit our facilities, we have to find ways on how we can continue to provide these kind of services because we know that, you know, Sexual activities does not, do not necessarily stop. Uh, perhaps, bahamas mas panga be uh, people are, uh, you know, forced to be together, uh, staying in close proximity to one another at home or in the community or in the neighborhood. So, ayun, um, for those who are, you know, really active, then at least they have the, uh, the, the um, prep to help them uh Protect themselves against HIV and tuloy provide n'on even uh, amidst the pandemic.
1: Okay, so I've actually heard about Love Yourself. Um, actually, they do help those who have tested positive with the whole um, serum testing, like even the clinical chemistry stuff. That's what I heard. They facilitate. Uh, where these patients go, and where these patients get tested for other um, clinical chemistry tests. Anyway, so Joe,
2: Yeah, I was just uh, about to add up that the telemedicine approach actually also helped in um, providing anonymity, right? Because uh, I believe that some of those who are um, reactive with HIV doesn't necessarily want to go to the facility. So at least they'll also have the safety of having an anonymous consultation with physicians. Um, would that be right, sir?
4: Yes, definitely. So uh, it, uh, it minimizes, you know, um, your interaction with uh, other individuals that usually happens during you know uh, physical visits to a community center or to a facility so mean uh, and uh, you mentioned more about treatment so yes um both whether that's prevention or treatment you know that we have uh, key populations affected by HIV that you know um value uh, anonymity that value confidentiality and um we by giving them options like this na na hindi na need na visit physically sa center then uh you cater to you know to you address their needs so that you empower them to you know continue making the right choice in, you know in, in seeking uh services to protect them and to you know to uh for their uh health and well-being
1: Okay, thank you so much, sir. So uh, let's go to Doc Patrick. Okay. Sir, so, uh, Doc, as someone who has been oh, or ha- or has had experience with chart, how is their um what uh, do you call this? How is their approach different from ours here in the
5: Philippines? Um sorry, uh really, could you repeat the question, please?
1: Okay. Um, As someone who has had an experience with the uh, David
5: Cooper Mm, Foundation,
1: how is their uh, approach different from ours here in the Philippines?
5: Um, Well, um, my exposure in the CHART program was primarily on research, um, on public health research on HIV. So technically, we didn't have much exposure to the clinical aspect or how they do it in Australia. But um but it was more of a, a cross-cultural or a cross-country activity. So um so we're able to also learn experiences from other countries such as um I think uh Indonesia, uh Korea, um Myanmar, um and um and Australia, of course, because we're there. And uh, you know, it's a it's um it's sharing our experiences and it's quite um and, you know, the disparity between um, the experiences of high-income countries like Korea and Australia is very much different from our experience in low-middle-income countries like the Philippines, Indonesia, and Myanmar. Um, so in terms of clinical practice, um, for example, they do baseline viral load tests um, upon diagnosis, for example, in Korea and in Australia. Uh, as for um, less fortunate countries like um, like uh, the Philippines, uh, we only do it... Um, at the six month and one year of treatment or annually. So it's very different, you know, and, it, uh, and, uh, and um, the difference primarily is based on uh, how much a country could invest um, in their HIV program. Um, so it's very different and uh, it's a learning experience for, for both uh, the high income countries and low income countries. Um, but primarily my experience or my exposure in the program is primarily on research and not on clinical practice.
1: actually really great i mean in the philippines as what i've previously heard from other like love yourself i'm sorry i'm just i have just been um asking around people who have gotten to gotten tested and love yourself what they'd actually do if they get tested positive is to just confirm it and then after that um what i heard was that the organization actually helps them with the treatment and stuff so yeah
5: I don't so. yeah um, really and I, I would just like to add before I forget um, well well while there may be differences uh, among you know across countries uh, of different socioeconomic status um, there's definitely a common thread and a common thread will probably be the fact that community-based organizations play a big role uh, in the service delivery. So for example, in both uh, in the Philippines and in Australia, there are community-based organizations who are in the front line of providing these services to key populations, um, primarily uh, among men, who have sex with men, transgender, women, and people who inject drugs. So there are these um, community-based organizations on the ground in the front line, uh, providing services for other people.
1: Thank you so much for that. So we'll be talking more on that. I think we can dig deeper into these topics when we go into our questions. So our colleagues did prepare some questions for us. So can we start with the first one? Anyone of you can answer? Doc, uh, answer huh? uh, just raise your hand or something or unmute yourself. I'm not the, the uh, professor, here naman. Okay, so let's proceed with, with the first question. So since we're in a pandemic, there must have been changes no, in the terms of, in terms of uh, monitoring the patients uh, diagnosed with HIV, with the treatment services. How are the patients taking this and how are, importantly, how are our, co- our healthcare workers taking this change so far?
3: Okay, so, I can
5: probably go first. Um, well, the basic principle in HIV management. Um, what, what, um, we have a principle co- called um, differentiated service delivery, or DSD. So it's primarily providing opportunities for our uh, patients to have uh, a person-centered approach, no, to to their care. Um, and. Uh, when we say DSD, you know, it uh, it is primarily dependent, well, the person-centered approach to care is primarily dependent on three things, uh, primarily the clinical characteristic, whether they have AIDS or not, or, or whether it depends also in their, um, whether they come from vulnerable groups, such as uh, whether they do drugs or or they are from a sexual or gender minority group in their context you know so whether if they are in a generalized uh, generalized um, epidemic or a concentrated epidemic or whether we have other public health emergencies such as uh, tsunamis or or covid 19 in in particular you No. Know? so in general that's what we want uh in the service delivery you know um and we want our patients to have a to have a leverage or control, or they want to control on how they want their care to be provided. You know so uh, in in terms of how how often they would go to the clinic to get their refills and how often would they see their doctors. You no, know? because so it's a chronic condition and it's going to be taxing for them if uh, they would be you know uh, linked to a particular health service uh, for their life. You no, know? so. In general, uh, even though we have this differentiated service delivery framework, uh, there are minimum basic requirements in their clinical monitoring. You know? So um, we would always make sure that we uh, get to assess their uh, adverse drug reaction to the treatment or, or have their viral load done routinely. you know, so six months and then every year. Um, so regardless, you know, um, this concept is central to what we do um that's why young telemedicine or or digital health is actually has become um parang the our transition towards that is not really difficult um because um it's already work has been already been started so for example what j jo uh, mentioned earlier on uh, the telemedicine platform for prep even though it wasn't uh Telemedicine wasn't at all popular before uh um before the pandemic. So um the core principle actually helps us on how we can maneuver, uh on how we can maneuver the programs, no? So at least you lang from a clinical perspective.
4: And I guess um from my end, uh in a more uh general note, uh, I think well, uh, there are, there were a few things that came out of the pandemic in terms of um how we were able to adapt in the program because it forced many providers many facilities to to you know to take on more innovative ways and uh, strategies to adapt and this includes um telemedicine this included uh, multi month dispensing of drugs because there were facilities then that you know that were really um maying pet sa mga near release nila uh, number of bottles sa sa clients nila so that's one and then um the uh, providing or delivering um uh, ARVs via couriers so dati hindi rin nagagawa because there were a lot of you know concerns issues in terms of confidentiality but because of the pandemic uh, i'm nagagawa ng paraan para ma Address yun at para yun nga, hindi maputol yung access to life saving drugs ng ating people living with HIV. And um, not just with people who have HIV, in general, uh, among key populations, uh, maraming uh, online approaches na nag-come up. So, nag-karo ng mga chatbots, for example, na natap yung mga CBOs or mga community based organizations, natin, like Love Yourself para hindi lang ma-offer yung prep but also self testing so i um i think we'll be talking more about that later but uh, these digital uh, platforms lahat na force na mag ano mag, mag mag-aral at paano gamitin at paano maximize to improve how we do services so um kumagak na, nabanggit niya kanina CP si ngayon naman Katriona naman, yun yung naging silver lining natin amidst the pandemic in terms of um, HIV service delivery.
3: Yeah, I, I also have to
2: add up. Um, I've heard uh, several people on Twitter that were saying that um, one of the big problems during the pandemic was um, some of those um, have uh, patients who have HIV had a little bit trouble in getting their uh, medication because of uh, during the height of the pandemic where there were several lockdowns and um, people aren't allowed to go out. So at least with the approach, uh, I believe that it's true. The whole pandemic really did um, force us to change. And I I think the change would really um, rotate us in a 360 degree um, approach in the whole medicine um, environment. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, a follow-up question with, um, uh, with uh, our colleagues. So how did the trend of HIV cases uh, change during the pandemic? Would you say that there was an increase or a decrease in
3: HIV cases?
5: Well, I could probably go first, but I think we can definitely learn from Jo later on because I think he has been uh, involved in um, in, the, in the report from the DOH. But um, um, when it comes to understanding um, this particular, or, or when answering this particular question, I think it would be important for us to know uh, what are the potential sources of new infection. So we generally look. Uh, at um, what we call the hiv care cascade no so the care cascade is para siyang, um, step by step or the yung, the patient journey no? from hiv testing to what we call viral load suppression no? so it comes first as hiv testing and then uh, being uh, diagnosed and then being uh, on treatment being vi- being tested for viral load and being virally suppressed and as you as you as you can notice maraming steps no so and therefore, uh, there are also many uh, opportunities—not not really opportunities, but rather many um, many um, mechanisms wherein patients can get lost uh, in their care. No, so it may be they're not diagnosed at all, or they may have been lost after diagnosis or during the treatment. No? so those are what we call people who were lost to follow up. No, and um, and. These are potential um, sources of new infection, um, and uh, during the pandemic, no, um, we have always been looking at this care cascade, and um, and during the COVID nineteen pandemic, no. So in terms of you know the diagnosis or the estimated number of people living with HIV, uh, there is actually a decrease in the uptake of prevention services. That's one. There is also a decrease in number of HIV tests done. Um, and uh, it also decreased the number of HIV diagnosis um, it also decreased the number of uh, people being uh, treated no? so technically that decrease not not to mention all of of um, the people who, who may have been lost to care because uh, they are in chronic treatment no so and they have had difficulties in accessing their treatment no? so it can definitely um, there are many uh, mechanisms on how they can get lost and and to further um have opportunities for for the for the HIV to spread for HIV to spread, no you know, um, and um, and given all of these, you no, know, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, the new infections are estimated to increase by twenty percent from 2020 to 2021, you no, know? and and in the next um, ten years, I think from now, it uh, the estimated number of people living with HIV would triple, you no, know, from if we don't do anything or uh, even after the pandemic, so that's the the situation as of the moment. And we can definitely do a lot, and uh, we've been trying to do a lot. And, uh, and that's just the prog- uh, programmatic aspect. You know? So when we know that in population health there are many social determinants, um, particularly a baseline, right? HIV uh, is primarily affected by stigma and discrimination. Um, it really really fuels you know, the health disparity among the vulnerable groups, particularly yung sexual and gender minorities or people who inject drugs, and then uh, although you know although President Duterte actually signed RA uh, 11, 1166, uh whose principal author is, uh, is uh, Senator Senator you no, know? uh, there remains to be gaps in the implementation that has to be addressed to stop the HIV epidemic from worsening, you no, know? um, and. Yung gaps na yun could include you know the be, condoms being discouraged for use or drug users being killed you no know? so you know there are, there are lots of uh, health issues partic- particularly hiv which is um which is very stigmatized um kaya yun, health is really a political issue so ayun kaya yun yung factors natin that we have to look at you no know? so not just the clinical aspect but also the social determinants of it when we think about um our decisions that we do in the policy level and how it can affect um, the people w- who is affected by HLV. I,
4: uh, so actually ko sinabi ni Pat. because true um, because of the lack of tests or because of the um, uh, limited access to testing, prevention, and treatment uh, during the pandemic, you'll really see that in the reports uh, from the Department of Health, HIV, and AIDS Registry. Na bumaba yung cases last year, even continuing on until 2021, 2020 and 2021. But that doesn't mean nabumaba talaga yung cases. Um, it's just because we did le- uh, less tests, we-, we did fewer tests. So now, nan bumaba yung access natin to facility uh, to health facilities ngayon natin makikita kung ano yung naging effect noong ano noong momentary uh, pagkawala ng testing and prevention services natin so um kumbaga yung time na yon na nag-lockdown na hindi naka-access ng prevention testing and treatment yung uh, people affected by HIV it could have been uh, or it uh, it may have opened opportunities for them to spread or infect others with hiv and ngayon dahil ngayon lang bumabawi sa pagte-test yung mga tao ngayon lang sila ma-diagnose and ngayon ulit natin makikita na um, in the next few months years maybe tataas ulit siya tataas ulit siya and um, i'm trying to remember how the doh epidemiology bureau uh, phrased it na parang uh, yung yung lull sa services during the lockdown pa- part part the pandemic may have pushed us back uh as much as 5 years in terms of uh yung progress natin sa the ng uh, 2030 goals na 95 95 95 so uh the 95 95 95 is un aids goals uh then 95 of people living with hiv are diagnosed 95% of those diagnosed have started treatment and 95% of those who started treatment are uh, virally suppressed so yun yung goals ng buong mundo in terms of hiv uh, uh, service delivery and now yun sinasabi natin yung mga effects ng pandemic makikita natin because it may have pushed us back sa progress natin sa pag uh, achieve ng goals na yun.
1: Okay, so hopefully since uh most of these services are back now, no, we can, you know, bring back the progress that we had before with when it comes to Treatment and um, diagnosis. Okay, so the next one would be about the COVID nineteen vaccines. So we have heard a lot of issues about COVID nineteen vaccines, and I just like we just like to know, Doc, answer. If how is the rollout of the vaccine in patients living with HIV, and how safe are these vaccines for them? Um. Well, I. I-
5: I can't remember the exact numbers, but, um, but um, the DOH actually has, um, has, uh, has been monitoring this. I just couldn't remember the exact numbers, but um, um, but what we do know is that they are prioritized you know? so they are part of the A3 category. Um, they are immunocompromised and at least from our from our clinics, um, they do have a lot um, a lot of our patients who are actually interested to get vaccinated for COVID. Um, although there were some people who are quite um, quite hesitant at first, um, there have been a lot of you know um, je- demand generation um, and, and, um, and educational materials from the community itself on um, uh, educating people uh, that it's okay to get the vaccine, it's safe, and it's effective. Um, well, I couldn't remember the exact numbers, but um, but I have to say that it's quite difficult to 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 measure. Uh, say not all of the not all of the people living with HIV actually use um, uh, their condition as as uh, their ticket to A3. Um, so some of as they are not comfortable of you know disclosing their status to to people that um, that they might not be able to trust um, so especially um, because of uh, you know, um, issues on stigma and discrimination. So it's uh, quite difficult to measure, but at least uh, the um, the Department of Health, I think, actually has a data. I could probably just uh, look for it for a while and then I'll share it with you in a bit. But, um, but uh, it's being monitored, but um, the monitoring might be difficult uh, because of that particular issue.
4: Um one good thing that came out of it is that uh local governments have become uh very open to partnering with um treatment hubs hiv treatment hubs so that to address that concerns on stigma uh because of people uh, living with hiv having to disclose their status to get uh in front of the line in terms of you know getting uh covid vaccinations so with treatment hubs partnered and being uh, a venue for administering the vaccine uh, uh, we're able to, you know, to to encourage more PLHIV for uh, in getting vaccinated because uh, it's the same people that you know they 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 are in, uh, interacting with. It's the people they are having treatment with, so hindi nila mag disclose ng panibago because um uh yung mga provide sa kanila ng HIV services are the same people now providing uh covid vaccination to them so um, yun, um, it's only as good as where we have hiv treatment hubs so for um all other people na living with hiv na medyo malalayo sa treatment hubs nila um yun yun lang yung kailangan siguro pang uh, tingnan kung paano natin mas ma, ma widen pa yung access uh, to vaccination Back to you, doctor.
5: And thank you, Jo. Oh. And and yeah, I was I was able to to review the data. I will ask of October twenty twenty one. that's at least what I have currently. Um, around um around twenty percent um of uh, people living with HIV actually have at least one dose, and that was um, that was two months ago. You know? Um, and we have and we have um and I think we have prog- progressed a lot. Uh, in the past two months, uh, for that um, probably for it to increase no significantly, but at least at, as of October twenty, October twenty twenty one, at least um nineteen percent have been vaccinated at least uh one dose. Uh,
3: thank you so much, Doctor. Well, I have to agree because I actually talked
2: to a person who had a little bit of a problem with the COVID-19 vaccine because um, even though that um, having HIV gives them the priority to be vaccinated, they still opted not to get vaccinated because usually the vaccination sites, especially here in Cebu, it's um, it's in a bit of the, uh, in a public space. So um, they don't get to really talk about it in public. So um, most of the people opted to wait um, for the COVID-19 vaccine uh, for their time and not use the uh, HIV as a whole uh, priority card. So um, uh, do you want to add up something, Doc?
5: Yeah, d- definitely. I definitely concur uh, with your uh, with your um, insights. Um, and I think another milestone when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccination is that not just... Um, hindi lang yung, um, yung HIV are actually the, the ones that are um, prioritized, but also the community-based um, healthcare providers uh, are also prioritized um, as A1. You know, so for example, they're not necessarily healthcare, uh, licensed healthcare providers um, such as doctors or physicians, but also you know, our uh, volunteer um, uh, peer uh, navigators or HIV testing counselors, HIV testing and treatment counselors, and even uh, life coaches and case managers, uh, even uh, um, regardless of um, their attainment or or their professional status, uh, they are prioritized uh, so so that the services for HIV continues uh, uh, despite the pandemic. Yeah. Over.
3: Uh, Thank you
2: so much, Doc. Now, we have a few questions about the innovations in prevention, testing, and treatment of HIV. So now let's talk about PrEP. I, I believe it's a pill that everyone can take to prevent contracting HIV. So how has it rolled out so far, and is it readily available for anyone who wants to take it?
4: I guess I'll start uh, on this one, but uh, Doc Pat, can you know talk more about the medical part uh, side of uh, of taking prep? But um, uh, the thing, Joe, is it's not exactly for everyone. Uh, meaning, you have to have uh, to have this pre-qualifications uh, checked. Um, before you are eligible to, uh, to you know to take prep, and um, it's a prescribed drug, so uh, kaya may mga tests, diagnostic tests, pa including HIV to, that you have to uh, you know to take uh, before ka pweding uh, magstart uh, on uh, prep. But um, this ha, the, like the availability of uh, this drug here in the Philippines. Uh, it's very crucial kasi and nating uh you know andamin nating key populations and uh the driver of the uh, it's stigmatizing to to listen to but like the driver of the HIV epidemic na nila who are the men who have sex with men here in the country sila yung nag nagka talaga na, ma, na magkaroon. On at ma offer tong prep dito sa country. And uh, thankfully, uh, after the demonstration or the pilot uh, demonstration that was done by Love Yourself, many more uh, community based organizations across the country uh, have started to offer it. Um, We have funders, uh, we have uh, entities like the Global Fund and USAID, so the US Agency for International Development, uh, that are now providing uh, PrEP for free uh, for those eligible population and um, for as much as three years. So, yun uh, para mas maiwasan or mas makomonte yung exposed and uh, potentially may infect or makapag uh yeah, may infect ng HIV. And um, yung mga CBOs natin, yung mga community centers offering PrEP. Um, there are few pa, uh, in key cities, uh, in cities across the country, but uh, one good thing is we do have private providers as well. Um, although, yung mga private providers, natin, uh, understandably, they offer it uh, at a cost, but at least uh, since we're talking differentiated service delivery, we acknowledge that there are clients who are uh, or who can pay for uh Pay for prep, so at least they have other options to access uh, the drug uh, based on sa saan nila, saan sila mas comfortable um access nito. So yeah, that's in terms of access and availability. Uh, but in terms of eligibility, uh, medical wise, uh, I'll give it to Doc Pat to discuss.
5: Thanks, Jo. Um, I think um, well, in terms of program, because Jo has been really um been involved uh, because um. That because uh, the uh, prep has been rolled out in different community-based organizations around the country, you know, uh, which uh, a program is supporting. But in terms of, you know, um, prep um, in the clinical aspect, um, well, the DOH released the prep guidelines in February 2021, and that's a milestone. You know, I'm um, having a clinic, having a clinical guide, a DOH guideline uh, for such uh, innovation or such an such an intervention is really crucial, you know for, for, um, for everyone to keep on following, uh, you know, uh, the direction of the program, um, because we may have, uh, identified this as a priority in the national, in the DOH program, but, you know, um, how it should be done is different. That's why we have this clinical guidelines for the DOH. So it was released in around February, 2021. And after then, uh, the rollout was, uh, was, has become national, um, outside the, scope of the demonstration projects that has been um, that has been mentioned by jo earlier um so tama, there are eligibility criteria especially for those who will be um, will be a of dusa free prep no uh, if you have money to pay then uh, then regardless of the eligibility criteria then you can get it uh, but in terms of uh, um, elig- as long as it's prescribed rather uh uh, it's, you can definitely get it. But um, in terms of eligibility, so the DOH, uh, DOH guidelines, they have specified uh, eligibility criteria. So these include yung, uh, uh, yung individual has a HIV positive partner, not on treatment, and not virally suppressed. And that is very crucial to emphasize, because right? once the patient once a uh, pill HIV is actually on treatment and has achieved viral load suppression or undetectable state, U equals U or undetectable is equals to untransmittable, and hindi nalamat na transmit to their partners. No? So that's why it's very specific that um, yung guidelines is on uh, P- uh, pill HIV on treatment, viral load suppressed or undetectable. No? So next, um, yung uh, my recent STI or recent used post exposure prophylaxis. Or those who have, um, or those who use sex-enhancing drugs, or those who inject drugs non in a non sterile manner, um, tapos, um, those who have partners who have risks for HIV. So that's the specific uh, eligibility in terms of um, in terms of the risk. But in terms of uh, eligibility, clinically, it has to, the client has to be HIV negative. Um, and dapat yung creatinine is okay to, um, to tolerate yung filtration and then off of beer. So dapat uh, EGFR is greater than 60, you know, and all that specific clinical stuff. But uh, at least uh, you, um, but uh, you know, the, as long as a client needs it, uh, we have other options to provide these services. Over. Okay, Doctor's just to
1: follow up. Um, what are like comorbids that contraindicate someone to take the PrEP?
5: Well, generally none, um, but um, there are particular um, conditions uh, that has to be taken into consideration. Um, if you have problems with your kidneys or with your liver, because no, medications will go through all of those organs. Well, specifically, and enough of their um, is contraindicated to patients with less than 60 no, na EGFR. So we usually compete for the EGFR, and sometimes, uh, and most of the time, since our patients are actually young, uh, we it's not a problem, sa totoo um, I think one of the more concerning is yung hepatitis B co-infection, um, it's not an absolute contraindication, but rather kasi yung what we use as prep is tenofovir and tricetabine and tenofovir is actually used for hepatitis B treatment, right? So, um, so if the patient uh, apparently has hepatitis B, then kailangan niya i-continue yung, yung prep uh, so hindi ma- so adequately treat yung kanya hepatitis and, uh, and hindi clear up in any case that he would want to stop prep. No? So that's why we people on PrEP uh, are also suggested or also recommended to have their vaccinations for hepatitis B. Um, hepatitis B is also sexually transmitted infection. No? Um, so even uh, we just go primarily when we assess, no, uh, we primarily look at that. No? So shampre, an, an absolute contraindication is someone who's HIV positive. No? Um, so also we also look at um, if they are they might be in an acute retroviral sit- uh, syndrome, no? or nasa ano sila? nasa window phase lang sila no? wherein uh, the HIV tests might turn out negative but they're currently positive. No? So we look at those particular specificity, uh, sorry spe- specific information, no? uh, in the patient uh, before we start them on treatment.
3: Okay, if uh, I may, so
4: sorry uh, if yes. I may also you just quickly like uh, one other consideration though is um the dosage or at least how often uh, prep can be taken because there is uh there are options for uh men uh for biologically male um, uh, uh, clients. So they have options to take the prep pill daily or as needed, or baga, event-driven uh, prep. But for um, for uh, biologically female clients, uh, their option only is to take it daily. So, Dr. Pat, you might want to uh, uh, describe or explain that more uh, accurately, medically.
5: <laughs> yeah, definitely, J.O. I think that's a very important point to raise. It's not just you know the difference between a female and and male. um um, uptake num prep, no, uh, wherein you know, it, the uh, it would take more time for the vagina to actually have um, enough levels of prep for protection. No, but also it also has implications on transgender women uh, take uh, um, um, taking their hormones, no, um, because we have lots of patients, uh, transgender women in particular, who also undergo gender affirming. Uh, gender affirming uh, hormonal treatment you know, in the wherein they use uh, estrogen for example to 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 um, so that they can attain this particular level of um, of uh, femininity in uh, their gender so well studies show you now that um, although um, somehow it may slight decrease in the 10 of your levels at the clinical at the at the clinical level, no, hindi natin alam how it's going to affect the PrEP uptake. No? So that's why it has to be taken daily. And most of the studies uh, that have been done are mostly on, uh, unfortunately, mostly have been done on men who have sex with men. Uh, so, you know, the, this um, scientific um, issues or the gaps, there are still gaps in, in, the, sci- in the scientific world wherein we really have to make sure that there is equity in uh, in in the studies with be- um, among different genders and among different uh, among different key populations you know because as of the moment still uh, transgender women are still um, are still expected or are still recommended to take it daily just to make sure that uh, the levels of prep are enough uh, to protect them no so yeah so very important uh, what uh, Jo raised earlier. okay so uh
1: talk and sir we actually mentioned about self-testing earlier right? so how accurate is self-testing since available it can be available like anywhere sometimes i can even see it in shopee being sold now, yes and uh in love yourself actually they also um what you call this uh, provide it for those who want to um but in limited areas lang so um how accurate is self-testing during this time.
3: Hmm.
5: Well that's a that's a that's a complicated issue uh, when it comes to accuracy because uh, you know, in any diagnostic test if you know, we look at sensitivity, specific specificity and all that. You know, it's um it's very uh it's very technical. But in terms of you know how it's being implemented as of the moment,
6: um,
5: there shouldn't be any um, self-testing kits being distributed apart from Love Yourself no, and uh, their partners. Uh, because as of the moment, what we are currently using as a DOH guidelines for HIV testing was written back in 2017. no, And this would only allow facility and community-based testing. Uh, Although currently we are revising it, you no, know, uh, but it's still being approved by the DOH. Uh, this um, this revision will include self testing. Um, but as of the moment, like uh, it was before in prep, um, self testing was really limited to demonstration sites. For example, there was one in FPOP Iloilo, you no, know, uh, that they provided um, self testing kits in. Um, in Western Visayas and uh, Love Yourself, uh, self-care. where So you, what we currently have right now, the opportunities that we have right now for self-testing is limited to 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 a demonstration project, you know, which has uh, ethical um, approval you know, um, for them to proceed. Uh, so that's why we're really pushing for HIV self-testing um, to be in place. You know? And in terms of accuracy, accuracy is very important, no, as it is one of the WHO five Cs when it comes to when it comes to HIV testing. So, C, see, see is correct results, no. So the WHO specifies that the, all patients uh, being tested for HIV should have correct results, and and to have the correct results, there should be uh, the testing test should be accurate, um, and all that. And other Cs also include confidentiality, counseling, um consent and connection to other services but in terms of accuracy it's um, how I see it it's assist, uh, ensuring accuracy for me at least is it's it's, um, it's a system that but no so it's um, it is it, it should be a multi um, institutional approach no so champempre FDA has to have, has, has to only improve kits no that uh, that uh, that meet their standards, right? So also we have this national reference laboratory for STIs diagnostic kits, no San Lazaro uh, in Metro Manila, wherein they really impose um, the standards for HIV testing, including self testing kits. Uh, kasama din sa accuracy, ensuring accuracy are the providers, you know, in community based providers. Natin, and the people who actually use the kits. You know? So what's the sense of having all of these quality assurance mechanisms when clients at the end of the day would not be able to use the kits properly? You know? So they have to follow the instructions you know, for the tests to be accurate. The community-based organizations should, should provide information, enough information for our clients to be able to do it on their own. Um, and they can even provide assistance you know, for those who may have anxieties or disabilities. Uh, um, so... So yeah, it's it's um it's a system, no, it, that there should be in place, no. So in fact, in uh, in our demonstration in uh, Western Visayas, I think among the seven hundred kits that were distributed, only five didn't have uh, did have an invalid test result. It's not inaccurate per se, but it was invalid, no. So we uh, the providers has to provide another test kit. Uh, has to ensure uh, that uh, that um, it's being done properly, para mayiwasen yung mga invalid test results. Um, so I won't go into the technicality piece, kasi technical specificity and sensitivity. But rest assured, no, that yung mga test kits that are going to be provided in the HIV program or the HIV service delivery are quality assured. No, I'm not sure with the other providers that we were talking about earlier, but um, especially mga online, no? so hindi natin mag- control yan, but there should be a uh, quality control mechanism. Yeah, Over.
4: and if I may add then, so parang it's always uh, good to have this parang uh, system in place yan sabi ni Doc So apart from knowing if a certain self testing kit is FDA uh, certified and WHO pre qualified, for example. It's good to access self testing kits uh, where they're tied with a facility because um, uh, yun yung gustong mga insuredin ng HIV program uh, at the DOH. Now there are support mechanisms in place for those who access self testing. So, kung paano kung magreactive to, Ano or sino ang tatatang ngay or sino yung uh, uh, kakaosapin ng client? May may pwede ba sa in the first place? May ganong support uh, in in place ba? So um, uh, by accessing self testing services in you know in accredited or in health facilities from health facilities and from accredited uh, community based providers, then may ensure natin na uh, may enough information and uh, support uh mechanisms in place uh, regardless of the test result. So if mag negative then at least may prevention options and prevention commodities na provide or prevention information na provide sa sa ano, sa client and if mag reactive then mabibigyan siya ng referral information kung saan pwedeng lumapit pumunta para mag confirmatory testing or uh, or mag access uh yeah onward services. So um, man inform man uh, referral information, at least siguro yung immediate need ng client is uh, someone who can support him or her uh, mentally uh, because of that. So pag mga may ganyang support systems in place and mechanisms, then that's where we can say na a self testing kit uh, uh, access to self testing kit is you know it's effective and um, yeah and yeah effective. Dokpad?
5: Thank you, thank you, Jill, for raising that very important point. And and I think um, and I think it's uh very relevant, you no, know, now more than ever. You Nowhere, know, and we can see some of our friends in their Instagram stories doing their own COVID self testing, uh, even though um, they're neither um, health professionals, you no, know, or, or nor they're using um, kits that are not. Um, accredited no? by, by the DOH or the FDA. Um, it's a very complex issue. Um, but what we are really sure about self-testing, whether, whether if it's HIV or COVID, it really increases the uptake of, each, of the testing. No? Um, it's really a matter of uh, educating the people and making sure that there are systems in place. Definitely, as Gio has been uh, saying, you know, uh, there is someone to to help you um, um, interpret the results, as we know, your antigen device not. Uh, kung, kung may symptoms and If you're negative in the antigen test, should you stop? No, the ba? You should still get an RT-PCR. You know, um, but COVID is very much dif- um, is although may are similarities, there ba? Uh, may differences kasi in the microbiology kasi of uh, COVID in uh, in HIV, but nevertheless. Um, for HIV self-testing to be safe and effective, um, there should be a system in place, no? even for COVID, hopefully. And I think the DOH um, expressed their, um, their um, intent uh, earlier today that they might um, consider uh, COVID-19 self-testing kits as well. So um, it, and it's, it's a very exciting time for, for everyone, but, um, but we still have to make sure
4: that there are systems in place. And sorry, uh ako. so parang na 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 kungalang na um uh, uh at least uh, even with uh, ano, even with your, these thoughts about parang certification accreditation or pre-qualification uh, bottom line is we're happy and we very much welcome having self-testing as, as an option so uh, at least in the HIV program for the longest time we've been hovering around the 80% mark ng diagnosis natin ng mga ano ng mga HIV cases in the country. So may mga at least 20% tayong hindi ma-reach reach. So saan sila? Bakit hindi natin sila nahanap? Bakit hindi natin sila nata test So that's where self-testing comes in because it's a new uh um uh, strategy to to reach those uh yet to be uh, reached um uh, ng testing and um, we're this is very promising because at least we'd love your experience dun sa demonstration project. 30% of at least 30% ng access to self-testing from the demonstration are first-time testers. So we can say really na it's na uh, parang eto na eto yung isang pang, ano natin, pang, pang address or pang uh, yeah, pang yeah uh, pang respond to that gap in uh, the HIV testing uh, uh, gap sa uh, 95 95 95 goals natin. Ka,
5: Yes, so also part ko lang din kasi nga kung sa love yourself, like 30% were first time testers in the demonstration in the Western Visayas, it's around more. It's around 54, no? So more than a half of their cohort, first-time testers. Can you imagine that? Uh, and we never were able to reach them before, no? So that's why it's really promising to have this. Um, and um, you know, there are technicalities, but um, you know, once we, once we have systems in place, it's going to be a lot easier for all of us to ensure that it's safe and effective.
3: Thank you so much, uh, Doc and uh, Sergey. Um, just uh,
2: to interpolate with a question a while ago about self-testing, because um, uh, we forgot to mention that Brilliant and I were uh, medical technologists before we came to med school, and um, we are uh, somehow, somehow a bit familiar in how the testing is done. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but after um, being reactive with the initial tests, you are provided with counseling um, after, right? Um, would that be uh, Would that be correct? So, um, so in the situation with the self testing, um, uh, since that they're be they'll be doing the testing on themselves, and then there there will be no counselor. Would this be uh, Would this pose as a challenge um, in
3: the whole um, self testing scheme? Mm,
5: well, it's a good question. Um, well, in both Love Yourself and FTPO um system for HIV self-testing, um, they comply with the DOH and WHO guidelines that there should still be pre-test information and post-test counseling. No? It should be both. Um, and uh, at, um, so, yeah, ganun pa din naman yung um, ganun pa rin naman yung yung process, no? so at least for the FPOP side, they would uh, they would call the patients after uh, doing the test. Um, they would um, they would um, do the counseling through phone or 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 through whatever mechanism, no? uh, just to provide post-test counseling. Uh, post-test counseling is really really important, no? because this is also a way for our patients to be linked to proper services because what is the point of testing them if we don't link them to other appropriate services such as prevention or testing, uh, sorry, rather um, treatment? No? Um, either we come positive or negative once we reach them through testing, it's a win-win situation already um, because uh, it's an opportunity for us to intervene at the, earl- uh, at the, er- uh, the earliest possible. So, yeah, I- I'm not sure if J.O. has more to say.
4: Yeah. And yun uh, if I may add down that, uh, this is where like some of the innovations also come in because at least in the case of Love Yourself uh, self testing demonstration, the education component is integrated or actually the entire self testing process nandoon siya sa isang chatbot uh, na accessible sa Messenger. So um, before uh, before a uh, client even gets to uh, gets to receiving the kit may ano na siya may mga questions na siyang sinasagot may mga information na siyang uh, pwedeng ma-access uh, right there dun sa chatbot and yun uh pag nasakanya na yung test kit babalik lang siya sa chatbot para uh pwedeng dun siya, uh, doon sa chatbot niya tingnan yung mga videos available on how to administer the kit accurately and um uh, after the test regardless of the result Nandon din sa kanya yung choice to report to the chatbot so that the chatbot can assist uh, or at least provide options. So one of the options provided is to talk to someone in person via call via phone. So um, key is providing all these options to the client. Kung gusto niya na uh, don muna sa chatbot, fine you can find the information there. But if you feel like you need someone to talk to, then these telephone hotlines or messenger uh hotlines are available for you to have someone to talk to and um we have parang mga counselors on standby pag mga ganyan na parang ina uh, inaassign uh, ng community uh relations manager ng mga social media pages so that uh you know uh may access pa rin siya to post test counseling uh but again what uh as what uh, doc pat said uh key to to uh, successful testing experience is to get the client to uh, to access uh onward services so parang kung prevention uh kung negative man siya, so prevention options uh mag, mag-access siya ng condoms mag-access siya ng prep if he or she wants to or if mag-reactive siya maghanap siya ng facility close to him or her para makapag confirmatory test and yung facility na yun, would be the one providing uh, additional and uh, uh, further guidance on how to continue on to uh, care and treatment. So, uh, yun, uh, providing those options and, uh, parang, uh, strategies para magawa pa rin yung counseling or yung information giving in ways other than the usual na person to person approach. Uh, that's where the innovations come in. over.
1: Okay, thank you so much. That' was very
6: informative
1: I don't actually have enough any comments. so let's proceed to the next one anyway so uh this now um, is in involving the services or service delivery here in the Philippines. so what uh do you think are the gaps? Uh, in the philippines hiv service delivery and how's it being addressed by the government for now
3: so not that i'm begin that well that's
5: um that's an interesting question girlie really. um and um, I don't know. Um I think there are definitely I think what I have to say is that the HIV program is very complicated. Um everywhere, no. It it applies to everywhere. Um, because it's very dynamic. No, the epidemic is very dynamic. Uh first uh currently, for example, we may have a concentrated epidemic, but later on, if uh if we won't do anything about it, it could be a generalized one, right? um special um so it's very dynamic and we won't really know what will uh, what will happen next um, and there are definitely lots of gaps because um there are only a few people um, in the government working on this no um, um and although and I mean although it's they're not alone technically um, we, ha- we there are lots of partners working on it um Especially in the community, you know, very community led. That's what I really like about about HIV. Eh. Um, when I was in med school, saubrang nabo borako with community medicine and all that. To be honest, but you know, pag paglabas ko ng, paglabas ko ng med school, apparently I would go into this particular field. No, it's a community led um, community led health um, activities. No, um, because I, I I have never seen a community that's very empowered and it's um. And uh, they understand what they needed. So, and they actually demand. Uh, and that's what's, that's what's really important. Um, and uh, and they do something about it. You know? So, and I mean, community-led activities that are being done. Like, for example, in prep, self-testing, and I community-led activities, all of the innovations here are actually introduced by community-led organizations. Um, but nevertheless, I think um, what is going to be more interesting right now is that the DOH is currently transitioning towards universal health care. There there is a very strong movement towards the transition. We recently had the law signed in 2018, I think. Um, But right now, there are lots of changes in the DOH structure and the public health infrastructure in general. Um and uh, we know that HIV is a very vertical program, right? Because HIV langa, we're really focusing on the HIV. But uh the movement or oh, but uh when it comes to universal health care, it's really going to be a horizontal approach to all of the to that's going to be a, a person-centered no uh, life course and uh and um and horizontal approach eh, to care. No? So when they should HIV, it should also talk about uh, comprehensive uh, sexual health or even mental health, nor no? even uh, antenatal care. Um, so it's going to be much more complicated soon. Uh, uh, now that uh, we're having we're trying to uh, work side by side with the DOH during their transition um, uh, because for the past few years, it's been very vertical. Uh, not just in the Philippines, but, but also globally. Because in global fund, say global health funding is very vertical in nature, then okay? very very disease specific. So now uh, it's going to be um, well, it's going to have lots of opportunities, I'm sure. Uh, Nangangapapalat no. So I think that's another challenge that uh, that uh, we are uh, that uh, we will be facing. But it's definitely going to be. Um, it's going to be definitely for the best i
4: think from my end naman, um, we're thankful that at least the program is becoming more and more welcoming to innovations para nga ma-addressing specific needs ng key populations natin um although may mga kailangan to uh, paspasan or ba- bawian in terms of effort um, uh, feel ko, we're ano, we're getting there in a way na parang uh, the, the community is taking is a very active role in terms of pushing for uh, the services that need to be uh made available sa, mga, sa mga, uh, key populations but um yun, uh, when we talk about mga gaps siguro yun making it more accessible lang talaga so if you have these innovative services we make it more accessible and uh, hindi lang centered uh, sa mga cities sa mga urban ano kahit doon pinakamarami yung sabihin nating mga uh, diagnosed cases cases or yung burden yung HIV burden but that doesn't mean na walang walang uh, like manahanakan cases in you know in the in the outskirts of the country or in the uh, of provinces so um by ensuring na may may mga treatment hubs and testing facilities in key uh, locations uh, across the country and viral load testing services for example uh, are um, consistent and consistently available then malaking uh, malaking maitutulong n'on para ma-narrow natin yung gaps natin Towards achieving 95 95 95. And um, on another note, uh, apart from the medical part or a medical side, um, Hindi parin nawawala yung push dapat natin towards uh, addressing stigma around HIV. And uh, nagiging key yung siguro comprehensive sexuality education or basically just HIV education. So, uh, believe it or not, marami paren ang uh, hindi uh, very much knowledgeable sa ano sa basics about HIV. Parang uh, we will have another uh IHBSS uh scheduled, I think, in the next year or two. So we will know kung parang comprehensive yung alam ng tao about HIV. But uh keep to eradicating stigma, or at least minimizing stigma, is uh, making sure that everyone, not just uh, those uh, immediately uh, affected by HIV, lahat uh, should uh, know more about uh, the virus and the concepts of untransmittable equals and un- uh, sorry uh, undetectable equals untransmittable. So we have new concepts like this. Now, if Alam ng general public can do a great deal in minimizing, uh, you know, the negative stigma or the stigma around uh, HIV. So, nabanggit yun kanina ni Doc Pat. So, I guess, counting ano lang namin, konting expound is um, uh, with continuous treatment kasi uh, darating sa point na uh, ang level or ang viral load ng isang taong may HIV is dumating sa point na sobrang bababa, bab. bab so ang babae na na hindi na siya na dedetect ng mga tests natin and when it uh, reaches that point hindi na rin siya nakakahawa so um uh, again yun yung parang silver lining in terms of hiv treatment and when people know that with uh, with such point na undetectable ang isang taong may hiv hindi na siya then that will gro- do a great deal not just in empowering People living with HIV to continue their treatment to be religious of treatment nila, but also to make people aware. that there's a point that na hindi narin naman talaga nakakahawa ang taong may HIV. So yeah, niya kinds of concepts nagusto nating mas uh, malaman ng uh, mas nakararami.
3: Thank you, Sir Jay. Um, I would uh, agree with that. Um, I think that the biggest problem
2: for people who has HIV is the stigma. Um, It's because um, it's always going to be a topic that is swept under the rug. So, um, it's um, something that we don't really talk about um, publicly. But um, right now, I think um, with the advent of several shows such as Pros, even Batang Pos, or the um, stories, several stories that were shown in um, MMK or even in It Bulaga, For the past few months um it's something that um is now in a center of an open conversation so we're now talking about it and then if we're talking about it it's like we're creating a ripple effect somehow it's a domino effect that if one person shares an information then another person shares that information and then we fight the false um, information that we see online and then we can ultimately fight the stigma about it
1: Do we have more questions there, Joe? No more. No, okay, no okay. I
2: think I think we've covered okay, okay. the questions that were sent to us by the Visayan group.
1: Okay, that's good. Okay, so there we have it. We're glad uh, that we're able to cater those questions and, of course, with the help of our guest speakers. Thank you, Sir John and Dr. Pat. Um, thank you for also uh, taking the time to... You know accept their invitation even though it's quite um limited long the time so um despite our also uh, busy schedules of course uh, being a man- the manager of uh love yourself and also a doctor it's quite an um hectic okay
2: yes uh we are very honored to have you here as our guest speakers and we have learned a lot so Um, this was very enlightening so it's nice to hear another perspective from those experts who are handling and helping HIV patients because often we just hear you know people like Marites we just hear about um, HIV from the wrong sources so um, it's a bit enlightening to hear um, information from people who actually handle um, HIV patients themselves so um um, I think uh, I, uh, we are near the, uh, the end of our podcast, uh, girls.
1: Yeah, so at this point, we'll now be presenting the Certificate of Recognition with the following citation.
2: Okay, so um, the certificates are now being flashed in the screen. So this certificate is proudly presented to Mr. John Oliver Corciaga and Dr. Pat- uh, Patrick Estacchio for sharing their invaluable time and effort as the speaker of APMC Student Network, Visayas Regional Health Policy Committees. Tell me about it. Uh, episode two with the po- uh, with a title, Positive Thinking HIV Awareness Podcast, given this 15th day of January, 2022 at Cebu City, signed James Matthew V. Rekabar, APMCS and Visayas Regional Health Policy Committee Coordinator and Mary Angelique Camille P. Villia, APMCS and Vice President for Visayas. Thank you so much, uh, Doc and Sir John.
1: So at this point, we are now done with our podcast and our very fun and interesting conversation. But I hope this will not end here. I hope that we can still continue to um, uh, share what we have learned today. And um, during the whole um, uh, session, actually, I felt uh, more hopeful about the uh, uh, situation, uh, of HIV AIDS here in the Philippines, knowing that, uh, the community is actually a big part and is actually taking part in, the, uh, you know, making it better for people living with HIV, HIV, and also for those who would like to get tested or want to know more about it. So although there's still much more to be done, of course, here in the Philippines, I hope that, uh, as we progress, um, uh, Later on we could, you know, say that we could we actually reached a goal wherein uh, the stigma could be you know eradicated now. And um we can be more welcoming of all these um information that we are sharing now, not only in the in in the medical field, everywhere else, like in the rural, rural areas and especially in those areas where they're not um they don't have uh, access access with uh the proper like education regarding the uh, HIV aids.
2: Yes, really I do agree. It is a good thing that the government is making an effort to create programs to continue increasing people's access to HIV testing and ART services and the community based approaches would be crucial to ensure that there is equitable access to effective HIV services for those who are vulnerable, or those who need it the most. Um, just in case uh, that there are several questions uh, for you, Jay and Doc Patrick, uh, do you have any social media platforms that uh, you would like to share uh, in this podcast? And maybe a little bit um, last uh, statement for those who would be listening to this um, session. Let's start with uh, Doc Patrick.
5: Hello, um, hmm, well, siguro sa LinkedIn lang. <laughs> pinaka, pinaka accessible, yeah, um, or, uh, through email, pwede naman, so I'll just probably send my email, you can definitely send me questions and, um, and, uh, or, or any of your interests, no? Uh, we're very much open to discussions um, with um, with students, of course, um, and, um, and anyone who's interested in HIV and HIV research, just let us know. Uh, so I'll probably give my email and uh, LinkedIn profile uh, for me to share.
3: Ayan. so from uh for
4: me no man so um i can share with you uh love yourselves uh handles uh so on social uh, on facebook so that's love your uh, loveyourself.ph uh, i'm trying to check that <laughs> sa, sa twitter but uh we're very much active there and we have we're lucky to have a very uh great uh, community of volunteers Na to mututok talaga sa mga social media channels namin para masagot whatever um, uh, questions you may have on HIV and the services uh prevention, man yan, treatment, testing. So on Twitter we're at loveyourselfph. So um yun, you can direct your questions there. But also let me uh, or allow me to to share with you or to plug Yung mga community centers uh, love yourself and uh, partners in the visayas so uh, yun uh, visayas chapter uh, tayo ngayon no? so uh, we have partners uh, in iloilo so nabanggit ni pa, doc pat kanina na uh, family planning organization of the philippines iloilo chapter uh, they have two community centers uh, raja uh, in rizal street and uh, notel community center in robinsons iloilo and in Bacolod, we have Bagani Community Center, uh, and in Silay, we have Kamini uh, Community Center. So uh, yun, uh, you can spell those uh, how they how they're heard. So um, Kamini and Bagani that's for Negros Occidental, and then for Cebu, uh, we have Love Yourself White House. Um, hindi ko lang ma alala yung exact uh, street nila but uh, it's Love Yourself White House uh, that's the Love Yourself branded talaga na community center in Cebu and we also have uh, curls uh vibe community center so V I B E so curls uh is very much active uh with the transgender community in uh, Cebu so for our transgender friends uh you you have uh curls to you know to uh, look uh, uh to look into uh, for mga transgender specific services. So, those are among the partners we have, community based partners we have in the Visayas. So, feel free to look them up. And if you have questions pa apart from Love Yourself's handles, um, yun, uh, you can also look me up on Facebook. My name, yun, niyo na yan kasi, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, very unique baga in a way yung family name ko. so there you go thank you thank you for having us and thank you for uh, having thought of Love Yourself to be a, your partner uh, for this uh, podcast session
1: okay thank you so much sir J.O. and Doc Pat so um, this, an, this has been very inform- a very informative session and that's it for today for our podcast this has been your host Girly Solitario. Uh,
2: and once again, I'm Joe Anthony and Son. And thank you for joining us in our second episode of
1: Tell Med About. Thank you.
2: Thank, thank, you. thank you so much.
1: <laughs> thank you, Doc and Sir o. Thank
2: you, Doc and Sir